Feel like I'm the best to ever play this game, but you know there's so many other great ones, and I'm happy to just be a part of their uh, part of their journey. But it's the Thunder, the youngest team in the NBA, rallying in LA to knock the Lakers off. 133-130 tonight. Nearly stolen. It is stolen. On it drives in. Back out. T Rock. Open three on the way. She nailed it. We're tied. We're tied. With 14 seconds left, Taylor Robertson drains it three, and we're tied at 83. Are you kidding me? Hour three, T-Row in the morning show on a Working Man Wednesday. I am live in Waco, Texas today, where it is unfortunately cold and rainy. I think uh, my best shot at a uh, Magnolia walk is probably late afternoon, TJ. Um, But one, because it's cold and rainy. Two, we have a shoot around uh, late morning. Right. Three, uh, a lot of people have been asking, but yes, Leeds does play today at 2 o'clock against Man U on the road. So obviously i got to watch that. And then so maybe after the game, late afternoon, I can make a Magnolia walk because it's supposed to – I think it's supposed to stop raining at some point today. But um, I did see Chip and Joe were at the game last night supporting the women, the Baylor women. So they're in town. No, I did not. I didn't see them until I got back to the hotel and was watching the end of the game on TV. When we were there, I didn't see them. But uh, now that I know they're in town, I may give them a -a ring-a-ling. See if they want to get together or something. Uh, Not just the coins you can find on a walk to Magnolia or through Magnolia. Oh, you got my heart racing now, Teach. Oh, man, I'm going to have to do it now that you planted the seed. (laughs) Women win last night, a thriller, a big-time comeback win over Baylor. Chris Plank did the radio call last night and chatted with the head coach afterwards. Skyler Van, coach, congratulations. What Holy a cow. what a roller coaster, huh? Holy cow, such a roller coaster, but I'm so – I'm just so proud of our team and being able to, to, to withstand. I thought Baylor was phenomenal. They're very, very good. They – 
they really exposed you in some areas. And I thought, uh, especially that first half, I don't know if we necessarily defended, but that fourth quarter and that overtime, I thought we did a great job of some team defense. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, there's so many things and so many people you can go up and down the lines, and there's so many areas that we've got to get better, and that's where you go to as a coach, and you're, like, still so proud of the team and the resiliency and the grit and to be able to finish the game the way that we finished. I mean, we were down five with how much time? Oh, I just, it, it was like, it was like a... At like 13 seconds left. Yeah. Down and so, so for us to be able to tie that and then be able to go into overtime, I'm just so, so proud. And I thought Skylar, I thought she came to play today. I thought she was super gritty, super tough. And, um, yeah, just really proud of us. Uh, overall, just this how how are we sitting here right now? I don't know. And we're going to watch the film and ask that probably 37,000 times. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think it was just a total team effort. And they played phenomenal. I mean, Caitlin Bickle was absolutely incredible today. I thought she did a great job. Darianna Little-Page Bugs, yeah. I thought she was incredible. I mean, Sarah Andrews, I talked about her. I mean, she's, you know, she's one of the best guards in, in the country as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, you look at you look at this game, and it was a great game, I think, for women's basketball. We probably both had some turnovers that we wish we could get back. Um, but I feel like in the second half, I felt like even when things weren't necessarily going the way that we wanted it to go. I felt like we really at some point in the game and probably in the fourth quarter, probably with six minutes left, we called a, um, when we were in our timeout and it was, I don't care if we win or lose this game, but we've got to get every loose ball that we possibly can. And I felt like our team did a great job of doing that. I mean, we were all over the floor, even when it went out of bounds, there were three of us in jerseys on the ground, even when, you know, we, we tipped it or, you know, we just kept things alive. And I think that continued to give us the energy. Any doubt? When you saw T-Rob launch that three that we were tying the game? No, but I didn't have any doubt with Nevaeh either. And I'm so glad that she took that shot. And, you know, because she had passed up a couple before that. But um, I think, you know, Vea's an incredible shooter. And she's going to keep shooting. And Aubrey Jones, I mean, she had a couple. Those are going to go down. And mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not, you never get worried about shooters. Um, but how fun was that for Taylor to be able to hit that shot? I mean, it was huge. And for Kennedy, I thought Kennedy gave us incredible minutes as well, especially on the defensive end. But to come up with a big steal was huge. Awesome. Congratulations, awesome. Thanks so much, everybody. Appreciate you all listening. Boomer. Jenny Baranchek with our Chris Plank last night on the call. They, uh, I don't know, have we heard from Plank yet, Teach? I have not heard from Plank yet. I have not heard from Plank. I I'm going to go ahead and text him and, and uh, see if he made Which it he back. was doing the show remotely today in preparation for the flight, so he wasn't going to be in studio anyway, but I've not heard from him. Flight leaves at 12.30 today. Um, so I'm just going to see... Um, I'm going to see where they're at. It's after 8 o'clock now. I don't feel terrible texting him now. Um, <laughs> women on the road again Sunday at K-State. They have to revisit the nightmare of a year ago where that girl scored 60. I was going to say, is that, the, well, that was the night with the big uh, scoring night, right? Yeah. Now that girl is hurt this year and out, but uh, yeah, there'll be some ghosts to deal with. When they go back in there uh, on Sunday, oh uh, boy, I tell you, Kansas City is always fun in this uh, Big Twelve tournament. But on the women's side this year, you've got four. I I probably I'd say five because OSU's really coming on. Really good teams, so that semifinals is going to be legit. Right now, the standings have Texas at nine and two.
OU at nine and three, half game back. Then you've got Baylor and Iowa State seven and four, and OSU seven and five. So the top half of the conference, very tight, all good. Their draw in the NCAA tournament, I think, will determine everything for them. I'm talking about the OU women. You know, they have uh, – remember last year they ran into Notre Dame in the second round and got um, and, and got boot stomped a little bit. And I could see them having a cold shooting night or running into a particularly f- big physical team and, you know, be in an early exit. But if they got the right draw, they could go a ways. I mean, their style of play can shock teams. They're just so fast and so relentless um, and just don't stop. And you saw even Baylor, who's really good last night, run out of gas. I mean, they collapsed. OU played great down the stretch, but Baylor helped them. They just ran into the wall. They were gassed. The last five minutes of regulation and the entire overtime. And that's happened in conference play this year, much less non-conference play, where you just can't keep up that pace with them, the intensity and the pace for 40 minutes. And if they get the right draw, you know, I'm not telling you they can go beat South Carolina or go to a Final Four necessarily, but it's not it's not 0% that they could. Like, if they got the right draw, Teach, it's they could go for a ways. Oh, like, it's not a situation where it would be, like you joked earlier about the men, that would be shocking. That, that wouldn't be shocking if the women made that type of run. How dare you think I was joking? <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I apologize. Yeah, you probably weren't. The rest of us took it as a joke. If I had come on the last weekend of the baseball season and said, I think this team's got a chance to get to Omaha. You would have said, I remember when you were joking back in hour number one. About no, I would not have said that. I would have said, I think they can get to Omaha as well last year. Now, others may have said that about you. Yeah, don't put those words in my mouth. Don't you, don't you keep my wife's name out of your mouth, TJ. Okay. <laughs> what were we talking about? I forgot. The women making a run. All right. Getting oh, the right yeah. draw. It's possible. The matchups for them, I mean, the matchups are important for everybody, but I think particularly because of their style, they want to avoid big physical. They want to avoid the team that can just pound it down inside, slow the game down, and beat them up because they're not that big. They are better. Beatrice Culleton can help. Uh, They've got a little more size than they had last year. But they're still not that big. They are susceptible, I think, to, for example, Texas can get big and physical with them, and they struggle with that. But if they don't get big and physical, if they don't draw a team that just has, you know, an excellent post player or two, stylistically, OU can absolutely overwhelm you. And they got shooters all over the place, and. Uh, Taylor Robertson and Ana Yanusa and Maddie Williams have played a ton of basketball. And so that's going to be fun to watch them in March. 
Really fun to watch them. They got a shot to win the Big 12 this year. Oh, it, I mean, regular definitely. season and tourney. Yeah, absolutely. They're a half game out right now. So, um, Good win last night. I mean, that looked – it looked for all intent and purpose that that game was going in the loss column for a long time. Well, with and 20 seconds they, left in the game, it looked that way. Down five. 20 seconds left. And – <laughs> they were well done. I don't know who John Morris's color analyst is. That guy's a trip. Did you listen to any of it last night? I know you said you checked. You were you followed on Gamecast. They've got a, a, a guy who obviously is a former coach, who is his color analyst for women's basketball on the TV. John JMO does TV for the women's games at home, and um, he's a trip. Like he doesn't let JMO talk at all. He just. He's kind of like Jack Spates on the wrestling broadcast, if you've ever got that. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you ever call Who wrestling. Who was the uh, guy? Uh, oh, gosh, you're going to say his name. Jerry, um, that did the Hornets games. Valancourt. Valancourt, that could get going, yeah, yeah. A little bit like that, only this guy sound, sounded like he was maybe in his 70s and um, was entertaining, but he would just take over the play-by-play. And he would kind of get. <laughs> I can handle this, JMO. Shut up. He would get caught, like, just rambling. He'd bounce from topic to topic. Uh, he wouldn't quite know who was on the court at all times. Like, one time he was talking about how they got to stick with Taylor Robertson coming around these screens, and Taylor Robertson was over on the bench. And um, he had Ash, he had uh, uh, Jones confused with Robinson. Anyway, he was a hoot. I got to ask JMO tonight who that guy is because it was. Uh, it was fun to listen. But great win. And uh, we'll see tonight if the men can do something special and uh, get a midweek sweep down here. It's been a while since uh, Oklahoma's won. You know, I was thinking last night, I think it was the Blake Griffin team that came down here. At that time, Oklahoma was like 23-0. and or 22 and 1 all time um about uh, against Baylor they had either never lost or had lost once and i know it's been a while since Blake Griffin has been on this team but not that long like he's still playing in the NBA teach it, it, Baylor was the absolute laughing stock, right, of of the Big Twelve. Like I remember conversations on sports radio well, about ba- Baylor did not belong in the conference. Right, we should kick yeah. Baylor out of the conference because their athletics were so bad across the board. And what they have done, not just with basketball, but certainly with basketball, is is amazing. Um, so I don't need to tell anybody that. You guys know they won the national championship two years ago. Uh, Chris Plank got back about 4.45 a.m. Oh, jeez. At least he's got another flight today that he can sleep on or try to. I know he can't sleep on flights very well. By the way, Blake Griffin, uh, what's the date on this game? Uh, versus Baylor, January 24th of 09, uh, 33 points. So we could use that tonight from Tanner. Yeah, dial a sooner. <laughs> 
This can't um, be right on these scores. I gotta be. The, their columns are different on this box score that I'm looking at. What are you looking at? They're staggered. I'm looking at OU's old box score on it. Uh, Blake, it says, yeah, this can't be right. The category, the the, the 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 rows are off. I'm trying to read this, but if I'm reading this right, Blake went for 33. Tony Crocker went for 28, Willie Warren 24, and Austin Johnson 35. That can't be right. No, they, that, that must be minutes. That's got to be minutes. The the yeah the how many points? The is columns that you the just columns aren't me. here, so the like numbers are all points. like the numbers are all uh, you know they're not in a proper row. So yeah, yeah, that can't be right. So maybe he didn't go for 30. What a night that, that night. was! <laughs> oh, gosh, <laughs> it's got to be minutes. Everything was falling for the. I'm trying to go backwards night. now on the category. Uh, he only went for. Uh, where is he at here? It uh, looks like 20 points. Still a good night. A good okay, night. Okay, hang yeah. on. Before we go to break, uh, they are 40, 46 and 23 all time against Baylor. Uh. 46 and 23. Okay. They, uh, let's see. Okay, I was slightly off. The record as of 2009 when Blake was playing was 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. They had won 30 straight games over Baylor at that point. They did lose some to them back in the 40s and 50s. So they were like 35 and 4 or something like that when Blake was playing. All time against Baylor, 35 and 4. And now they're 46 and 23. So, I mean, that just... Baylor's a lot better than they used to be is the point. We'll be back. This OU Coaches interview is brought to you by the Landers Auto Group of Norman. Landers Chevy at I-35 and Ed Noble Parkway and Landers CDJR at 481 North Interstate Drive next to Walmart. RK Black, they bring you this hour of the T-Row in the morning show. They can help your office with document management network solutions. Set the whole office up where everything's... uh. Working, communicating together, fax, printer, scanner, copier. They do it all. 405-943-9800 or rkblack.com. Air Comfort Solutions text line. Hey, Victor, calm down, Victor. It's Wednesday, Victor. Wednesday, calm down. We'll get to Pet of the Week, which, by the way, Pet of the Week this week. Holy cow. Uh, that's a tease. He's that's been tease. in the weight room. Uh, it's a she, and yes, she has. She's been in the weight room. <laughs> lifting, lifting a lot. Um, okay, the buyout is nine. This texture says the buyout's nine million, but it drops to the six in April. All right. So, um, is a, is a, okay, very good. Since you guys were talking about records being broken, it got me to thinking about something. Do you guys think that uh, P. Ryan's rushing record will be broken in this age of pass-heavy offenses? Going to be hard. Never say never, but going to be hard. Yeah, that's a record that I would say would be broken before some others out there, but it would be uh, surprising. It was broken in one week, mm-hmm. so it's doable. I mean, the previous record lasted one week, so... But the the texter makes a good point. Uh, not a lot of teams running as much as possible, but or as, as they used to. 
Toby, is tonight's game a game between a team with a winning culture and a team that does not have a winning culture? <laughs> uh, is that Hunziker? It might be. <laughs> is Hunzi texting our show? Good morning, Hunzi. Sean wants to argue with you. He says, how is college basketball better in 2023 than 1983 before the shot clock and the three-point line? He called off the air, by the way, saying he could debate this with you and argue that it was better without those things because college basketball was better. Okay. I I mean, it's my opinion. So uh, I watched college basketball back then, and there were some great moments. Uh, The Villanova-Ed Pinckney upset was a great moment. The NC State upset was a great moment. But basketball was uh, just, for the most part, college basketball was played at a lot lower scoring, a lot slower paced, and just as not not as much fun to watch as it is now. Uh, There are some great memories from back then, certainly. You know, it was our childhood. So those Georgetown teams and North Carolina teams and Oklahoma teams, I have some great memories from back then. But I think the game has been – significantly improved by uh, and more fun to watch by the addition of the shot clock and the three-point line. I suppose you could argue with me if you'd like, but I'm right. <laughs> Mike and Weatherford. <laughs> Mike and Weatherford. <laughs> says, Anadarko held the ball the entire first quarter, basically did the same every time they got the ball. We need a shot clock. Mm-hmm. Um. Or just play ball. Yeah, just play basketball. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably the answer there. Uh, and again, I hold Weatherford uh, to blame here as well because I assume they just sat back in their zone and let him do it. Now, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe they were coming out and pressing him and trapping him and – and Anadarko did a remarkable job of passing it around and keeping it away from him, but I highly doubt that. Uh, the point is to win the game. It happens once every 10 years, so I enjoy the strategy. I love it. I have kept track during games, and rarely would a shot clock change the number of possessions. You play to your talent to win, is what this texter says. He enjoyed they the 4-2. They enjoyed love 4-2? Four 4-2 to four to four to basketball game last night. Okay. To each his own, I guess. Uh, this person says, was it the fastest game in Oklahoma history? Probably. Uh, any Skip interviews soon? Well, we just had Skip on, was that Thursday or Friday? Friday? Friday. Friday. So if you missed that, it's on the podcast. You can go back and find it on the podcast. So, yeah, Skip was just uh, recently on. We will uh, be having a weekly uh, OU baseball interview as we have uh, in past years, most of the time those are with Skip. Usually those are on Friday mornings once the season gets here, so starting again next week. and um, But, you know, we rotate in there, like Reggie or Britt Bonneau or uh, some of the players sometimes have joined us. But more often than not, it's Skip. So, yeah, we'll be chatting with him every week. This person's uh, going with the starting lineup of Sherfield, Hill, Godwin, Bamasil, and uh, Ortega, so they're shaking it up quite a bit. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, bold, but, I mean, what does it hurt, right? 
Give it a shot. What, what, yeah, doesn't hurt anything at this point. Uh, this person says Phil was like that. Phil Knight was like that at the game because Phil has people to take pictures for him. Well, that's true. <laughs> I get it. it was probably the guy next to him like, here, hold my camera and take pictures. I'm going to watch and enjoy. Uh, I got a college basketball question for you. I'll, I'll pose it, and then you could answer it on the other side of the break. Do you have any more texts you're dying to get to here? I'm not dying to, so go okay. ahead. Here's your current top five in college basketball. Purdue, Houston, Alabama, Arizona, Texas. What's missing there? You mean like Duke or North Carolina or? Blue blood. Kansas yeah, the or, yeah, UCLA or? Now, there's a couple that are having good years. Like Kansas is 19-5, and five, but even for Kansas, they're like in fourth place in the Big 12. UCLA's having a nice year. They're in the top ten. Uh, Carolina's got nine losses. Duke's got seven. Kentucky's got eight. Indiana's got seven. I think Indiana would tell you they're having a, a good year. But my question is for you to contemplate, TJ. Is it going to be harder on the Blue Bloods in the transfer portal era? Or are all the good players just going to transfer to the Blue Bloods? Because this year it feels like like Kentucky and North Carolina – are fighting for their lives to get into the tournament right now. So, anyway, I think about that. We'll be back. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. Who's this? This was a caller request. Tom McDonald, Ghost. All right. Looks like he's some rap hip hop guy, and this is the right, song "Ghost." Go. Yeah. Tom McDonald, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. <laughs> I did not cousin. read. I did not read the news today. I don't have all the uh, access I have at the house, but I do have one story for you here, quickly, TJ. In the news. <laughs> um, a pest control technician was um, called to a, hou- a house to investigate an insect problem, California. Uh, there were some, uh, let's see, I guess there were some, this is a little bit gross here, Teej. There were some, uh, like, worms that were coming out of the wall, okay? They had some, the people in the house were like, gross. something. we think something's behind our wall, like a dead animal or something is behind is in our wall because we've noticed, some, like, some, some you oh, know, that. I think I did, too. I think I know what it is. Go ahead, yeah. Pest control technician uh, found seven seven hundred pounds of acorns. Yes, stashed inside the house's wall by woodpeckers. Think about one pound of acorns. I think wasn't it one woodpecker? (sighs) I might be wrong on that. I thought it was one woodpecker responsible for all seven hundred pounds. What a woodpecker, huh? <laughs> uh, they cut a small hole in the second floor bedroom and were shocked when acorns started pouring out from the opening. Uh, colleagues discovered the acorns were piled about 20 feet high inside the wall. Obviously, it's a multi-story house. He estimated about 700 pounds of acorns were removed. The technician investigated outside the home and discovered woodpeckers had been poking holes in the chimney stack (laughs) and had been stashing acorns in the openings for the past two to five years. He said the acorns eventually fell through into the wall cavity. It took eight hours to get all the acorns out. 
It's crazy. 700 pounds of acorns. How bummed are the woodpeckers right now? I mean, that was their stash. That was their Fort Knox. It was definitely their Fort Knox. That's my question. Like, animals know things. What were they... What were they saving 700 pounds of acorns for? Like, do they know, the woodpecker knows something that we don't? Are we about to go into the apocalypse here? What's going on? Why are they saving this many acorns? I guess I didn't know woodpeckers ate acorns. Um, I, do they eat them? I mean, I know chipmunks like them. I, I just didn't know that. I, I don't know what I thought woodpeckers <laughs> maybe, ate. Maybe they sell them on the black market to the uh, the, the chipmunks. Yeah. It's bar, yeah. That's that's probably what it is. How you gonna once you put it in there? How you ever gonna get it out? Well, that's the question too. Once they put about a hundred pounds in there, did they have a plan? Was there an ultimate woodpecker plan? That's not. That's my questions here. End of the world. What was the plans? Were they using them for uh, trade? Could they? Did they not realize once they put a hundred pounds in? Hey, we don't have access to the hundred pounds now that we've put them and they're dropping into the wall. Like, what was the thought process of the woodpecker here? I would like to pose this as a possibility. Woodpeckers are stupid. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. I think it's possible they did not have a plan. They just, it became uh, the thing to do in the woodpecker community is, hey, if anybody finds one of these acorns, well, here's what you do with them. You go put them in this hole over here. <laughs> like playing, that was their slots, man. They're just Why chopping acorns, that? man. No, right. we didn't win. We didn't win. Why do we do that? I don't know. It's just what we do. We're woodpeckers. All right. Okay. I posed a question to you beforehand, and, and this applies to more than college basketball. We've had similar discussions in football. Is the transfer portal good or bad for the Blue Bloods, TJ? I think it's bad for everyone, so I'm going to say it's bad for the Blue Bloods. <laughs> Does it make the Blue Bloods less blue? Are they here, less dominant? Here's the thing. It's elite-level five-star guys hopping from one blue blood to another if that's what's happening with those guys. Like, if a guy was recruited out of high school at the level of a Duke or North Carolina or Kansas, some of those may end up at lower-tier schools, but the majority are going to say, all right, it's not working here at Kansas for me. Um... Perhaps North Carolina's interested. Have we seen examples of that? Um, I'm sure we have. I'm sure we probably have. It's, um, I just don't think it's good for anyone. Well. So, yeah, I would say it's bad for them as well. But they're going to benefit from it as far as it's easier for them, it seems like, to go out and grab that guy that's unhappy that he didn't get the playing time at Kentucky he was expecting. It's easier for Duke to go knock on his door than in Oklahoma, it seems. Yeah, I mean, they're still going to have the advantage, you would think, in all scenarios, which is right, right. in a high school recruits living room or in a transfer portal situation, their name is still going to carry more weight than – you know, your average college basketball program, you would think. I'm just kind of looking at this year going, this is interesting, you know. They kind of – but North Carolina was in the national championship game last year and they lost to Kansas. So, um, probably not. Probably the Blue Bloods are still going to be Blue Bloods. They just got to rework 
the system because instead of now, instead of just going and getting all the gobbling up all the best high school talent, going and getting all the McDonald's All-Americans and putting them on those six, five, six teams. Now you can do that. You're going to lose a few more to the G League now because they have that option. But you can do that. But you can also go find Brady Manick, right? Yeah. You can go that find – That elite point guard at another that nobody saw this kid panning out this way. He's putting up 19 with six and a half assists a game. Let's go get him to fill him in to run our offense. You can watch um, Kevin McCuller at Texas Tech and go, he would be a great – piece to our puzzle he's not going to be an NBA player or anything but wouldn't it be great to have an elite defender on our team uh, hey would you like to come to Kansas you know and it was harder in the past guys were tr- guys transferred before but there was a penalty for it and it was costly and you had to think about whether you wanted to sit out of here and all that kind of stuff and now it's easy so I don't know just uh and, and the same applies to football I guess but Basketball, one guy, certainly two guys, but one guy can completely turn everything around for a program so quick. Like the Edie kid at Purdue, have you watched him at all this year? Saw a little bit of him on uh, Saturday. Saturday they were on, yeah. He's unstoppable. He's a monster. Um, So, I don't know. It's just interesting. Um, okay, what time do we get? And those kids, it's happening in every sport. Every sport's dealing with it now. No loyalty. Kids are looking out for what's best for them. But it's even more so in basketball at all levels. So, right. Yeah. They they have no loyalty. They don't, you know, if they, it's not, if they're not, if they're wanting, you know, two more minutes a game, it can be something small. And they're like, all right, well, I'm out of here. I'm going to go get those two minutes somewhere else. Yes, I'm trying to think about why that is. I I feel like – I guess I just know the basketball world better than the football world. I was going to say, I feel like everybody's got a, a posse in their ear at all times in basketball. Like you've, all, you've got your AAU people AAU and you've people, got your mm-hmm. parents and you've got your coaches and you've got your trainers. And I know not everybody does, but it feels like everybody's got this team of people with them who are all, constantly telling them, Dude, the coach hates you. Yeah, the coach doesn't know what he's doing. He shouldn't be playing anymore. And you're right. If you're not starting, and even if you are starting, if you're not getting the number of shots you think you should be getting, you're out. It's almost surprising if guys stay now if they're not starters, right? Well, that's and that's a shame with uh, Los and uh, Mo, Mo Gibson oh, wait, and Elijah that we're having were that st- discussion as freshmen. Like, man, right. Porter's really got to make sure he keeps them. And it's sad, but it's, everybody. it's, it's the state of basketball right now. Everybody 100%. in every sport, really. 100%. Yeah. Uh, Harkless and Mo Gibson were starting last year. They yeah. Split. Yeah. Uh, you know, the year before, we had a coaching change, so it's a little bit different. But all those guys were starters, too. Or I guess Alondis was a part-time starter. But and Mo was simply, I want the ball in my hand more. He wanted to be point guard. Right. I mean, that's the reports we got anyway. Um. Yeah. Wasn't that he wasn't getting minutes or starting or having opportunity, just it no. didn't suit what he wanted. He was – no, he was getting plenty of opportunity. 
especially late in the season, just wanted to – Mo felt like, and maybe rightfully so, if he has a shot at the next level, it's got to be a, as a point guard. He's too small to be a two. So that was his feeling is i got to be a point guard. And I don't even know how they're playing him at DePaul. I haven't seen him a lot. I know he's been putting up decent numbers, about the same as the as last year, I think. But no idea if he's playing the one or two for them. All right, Chris, uh, is Chris joining us next or no? No, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, I can't wait to hear this story. We'll be back. The T-Row in the Morning Show. You have chosen wisely. T-Row and TJ on the home of Sooner fans. It is time for The Crossover with Toby Rowland, TJ Perry, and Chris Plank. Brought to you by Orthostat. Injuries aren't convenient, but Orthostat is. Orthostat, convenient orthopedic care. Seven days a week, no appointment needed. Now, with The Crossover, here's Toby Rowland, TJ Perry, and Chris Plank. Inbound, nearly stolen, it is stolen, on it, drives in, back out, T-Rob, open three on the way, she nailed it, we're tied, we're tied, with 14 seconds left, Taylor Robertson drains it three, and we're tied at 83, are you kidding me? (laughs) What a moment, great call, I cannot wait to hear about uh, the night our man has had, Chris Plank joins us live now for the crossover. All right, fill me in. Uh, first off, great call. What a game, huh? Thanks, man. I they, we we were very. I so just a, a little backstory. There's there's some juice between OU and Baylor, right? Yep. There's a little juice there. Coaches coaches really, don't seem to care for each other too much, in my opinion. Doesn't seem to care for Jenny Baranchek, but Jenny uh, Baranchek is a person that I've met that doesn't seem to have an issue with anyone. But it just. It seems to me like – I'm sorry, I'm slowing you down. It seems to me like Baylor said, who can we go hire that will behave exactly like Kim Mulkey does? (laughs) Um, Were you there? They had a little shoving match at one point. So you had a a, a flagrant that was called on Kennedy Tucker, and it was just – it had some juice. And I, hero, you know, Marcus Bowman, great. And I think think Marcus Marcus is considered an administrator – Great dude, right? But I just haven't ever spent any time around him. He, he's, you know, he gets he'll into be it, one sport. bro. We had a time now. You, you needed seat belts <laughs> for both of us over there on that sideline. We were giving Kevin Henry run for his money, and I'm sure Kevin Henry would have been kind enough to say, "Oh yeah, I'll come down and do some analysis." But if it's me, no, no, can't do it. Um, but so, Toby, you, you have this moment, this unbelievable moment. I mean. Uh, Oh, you never even had tied the game. And T-Rob drains that three. And they don't take the first lead until overtime. The first time OU led in that game was overtime. And then they pull off the dub. And uh, as, as we start to leave, to head home, to head to the airport, you know, high fives, everyone's happy. We get to the airport and we don't have a plane. I don't know if it's weather. I don't know what happened. So... Nobody the, ever uh, said where the plane was. But that was my question. Like, where'd it go to? <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. And, and all the people that I had to notify, that was their that was their question. And I literally, we got a Malaysian like, airline situation here. What's going on? I, I don't know if it's like in the Bermuda Triangle or something. But I'm I'm tind- I'm lending towards there being some weather issues that might have caused uh, like the low ceiling T row. Uh, might have caused some issues with a plane, our plane that was supposed to be here, maybe 
or be there. So uh, we got well, on hang the bus. On. Hang on. We right. just arrived in your plane. I know. I know. I know. So I don't know what huh. it did. I don't know where it went. I don't know what happened. I don't know if they couldn't get out. David and, Copperfield and situation here. I don't know if the terminology for that is we don't have a plane. But it was wild because the same thing had happened to him the week before. And it was like old hat for the players. Like, well, okay. Well, at least we won, right? <laughs> because it happened oh, to the yeah. names and they just lost. They had to stay overnight. So uh, we loaded up the old family truckster and we headed up I-35 North, made a little pit stop to switch buses in uh, Fort Worth and drove back last night after that thrilling <sighs> game. In, I'm, in so rain, sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. What a night. And now you got to. Now you got to quickly pack a new bag and, and head to California today. Or you get yeah, to. Hit, I don't mean hit, got to. You get to. But it's a quick I turnaround. It is. In, in fact, I was just uh, – I, I had really planned well for this trip, Toby. You would have been proud of me. I had I, – I, the, the packing was done of all the equipment and everything. And so we were, we were ready to cook. And then uh, our affiliates said, hey, can we use this piece of equipment? So – there's that, and then it was, oh, hey, uh, we got laundry to do, so I had to wait. And it was all going to be done, like, last night when we got back. But there was uh, there was quite the scurry packing at about 6 a.m. this morning to finish off everything. So we'll see how it looks once we get there. But Can you sleep yeah, on a plane? I cannot sleep anywhere. Yeah, I couldn't sleep. I... I tried to sleep on that bus, mm-hmm. and I think, I think I got about a good hour, maybe hour and a half on the bus. We rolled in at about 4 and uh, then we had a bunch of us had our cars at the airport. So, you know, you're coming up I-35 south. Oh, no. You could have dropped me off go, on the side of the road. <laughs> you had to go all the way up to Oklahoma City to get your car and come back? Correct. Oh, Correct. dude. I'm so I, sorry. I was, I was thinking about trying to broker a deal with the bus driver because, I mean, literally, he could have just stopped on the side of the road and let me off over there by Markham. <laughs> and I would have got home just walking maybe the two miles from the highway an hour before I got home after to go to the airport. But uh, it worked out, man. It was a it was hey, a they won. Night. Everything's better when you win. Everything's better when you win. So that's right. That's All right. right, dude. Have a safe trip today to Los Angeles. Have a great show, and we'll uh, I maybe talk to you tomorrow morning. We'll see. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'll see you tomorrow morning, T-Row. Thanks. Uh, thanks to you fine folks for listening today. All right, uh, pregame starts at 7.30 tonight. Tip-off just after 8 o'clock. It's OU and Baylor. I'll talk to you then. Good job, TJ. Have a great Wednesday, everybody.